Welcome to a new edition of the Cards Cast, a football recruiting edition of the Cards Cast. As Louisville has gone through their early signing day, they've added some quality transfers and they're still looking to add some more. So let's talk about it. I'm Cardinal Authority Cardinal Authority senior writer Michael McCammon, joined by publisher Jody Demling. And Jody, you know, for two weeks on the job, you got to really tip your hat to Jeff Brom and, and the staff that he's assembling to help him out and keeping so many guys from the those that were committed before he got here and then what he's done in the portal since arriving. Pretty impressive. Yeah, and Michael, this is a special edition because we have a special guest coming up later. We'll tell you all about that right. uh, a little a little later. But no, it's been it, it's pretty it's really been remarkable um where this so let's just go back, okay? Back in 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 January, Pierce Clarkson committed. Then you've got other guys that kind of jump on board here and there and all throughout. You know, then you go through May in June and, and and I'll never forget being at the Clarkson camp in May. And it was funny how um, even there at the camp, like I'm talking to different people kind of get the hint from Deandre Moore that good news was coming at the, you know, coming soon. And, and we all know how that one ended up and, and, uh, but, but to, to, to get, to get to my point, People were talking about this, you know, Louisville and all these guys and these recruits and, and the Clarksons and, and, and people in that camp, the Louisville camp, the, uh, uh, you know, the, the Madden Sanker camp, the different, you know, the different kids were all talking about how great this class was going to be. Meanwhile, you had all these other people who were like, yeah, whatever, you know what I mean? Like, and I, and I won't even say like, I mean, I think some of our national guys were like, wow, this, you know, this kid is magnetic and uh, the way he his, you know, meaning Pierce and his, in his, at, you know, his energy level and the way he kind of goes out and, and, and has, you know, all these guys are his buddies and they play together at seven on seven different things. So our, our you know, I think our national guys were kind of like, wow, this, this is something that could happen, you know, but I, but I think, you know, many fans even kind of question, like, would it really happen? And, I know other schools were telling people like it's not going to happen and they won't keep this class together and blah, 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 and all that kind of good stuff. Well, then fast forward to November. What what was that day where they all, you know, where, where a bunch of those guys came in for that, uh, that Wake Forest game. Um, and it was like, it was like, holy cow, they, this, you know, I mean, this, th there's a lot of energy. There's a lot of excitement. The team's playing better. Well, then fast forward to December 5th. And it's like, <laughs> oh my gosh, is this all going to fall apart? And within 13 days, I just think it's, you know, you got to give credit, first of all, uh, to Jeff Brom, of course, but but Pete Nocta, uh, Coach Hova, John Heron, um, and, and the guys that he brought with it, Jeff brought with him, you know, from Purdue right away um, uh, for keeping this thing together as best as they possibly could. Um, there were times when I thought, wow, they're going to keep it all together. Then there were times when I thought, uh -oh. oh my gosh, this thing is going to totally fall apart. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it was... um, it, it was really, and I said this, and I went back before, as we were talking about this podcast, I went back and I looked and I, I found, I would said this multiple times, but I found a post from my, uh, when we, when I posted on December 9th and it was when Jeff and, uh, and the crew were headed the next day to California. And I said, Get ready for a ne the next 
12 days to be a roller coaster. And that's exactly what it was, Michael. There yeah. were a lot of ups and a lot of downs. Uh, but in the end, where they're at right now, I think you have to be really, really pleased. Yeah, you know, I think Jeff Brom brings an excitement level you know, from within that you really couldn't capture with most other candidates because he is a local guy. And I think that energy helped spill over. Obviously they had that huge weekend of recruiting visits, you know, right before the, the dead period hit right before that early signing day started, you know, and I, so I, that energy that you could feel from the community throughout the school, because of that, it's a hometown guy. It's one of us, it's a former Cardinal quarterback, all of that, you know, I think really helped create the buzz that these, you know, guys that were committed needed to see and feel and experience to say, okay, this program, we, we're coming here because we want to take this program to the next level. And now we can see why Jeff Rom is the guy that, that is able to do that. You know, and you hinted at it, another guy that was at a front row seat and quite a, you know, and quite involved uh, in the process is Zach, um, excuse me, Zach Soskin, who you can check out on our, uh, Cardinal Authority message boards quite often, but you know he's been very much involved with Flyville, uh, especially the California guys. But eventually, obviously, branched out as well and had a, played a big role in helping keep these guys together. You know, I mean, NIL has become such a huge thing uh, in college recruiting as well as the transfer portal. So there's so many different factors that uh, you know Jeff Brom had to do in 13 days. You know, guys he had to meet. He even had time to go down and hang out uh, with with Luther Campbell in Miami. Uh, you know, so, I mean, the things he did in 13 days is quite impressive. Yeah, and and I think it was a it was a concerted effort from, uh, you know, from Jeff. I know you and I spent some time <clears throat> the morning, um, the morning after he was hired. So December 8th, he was hired on that Thursday. On that Friday morning, you and I spent some time in the offices. Uh, he was doing some one-on-ones, kind of, they, they call it kind of the car wash, you know what I mean? Like you go yeah. through and... Uh, and you meet a bunch of different people. And there were um, the three TV stations, uh, the Courier, and 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 us, and 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 Pat Forty from Sports Illustrated. So there, I think there were five total uh, that he did that morning. Um, and, and and Michael, when we were waiting for him, you know, we were listening to other inter- you know, kind of listening to other interviews. And then when we got to him, and then we were the last ones, and we got to stand and ch- just chit chat with him for a few minutes, and. I think we were both kind of, we were both kind of smiling a little bit because I, 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 he knew what he was getting himself into, but I don't even think even you or I knowing the recruiting, how it is. And, and, and even Pete Nocta and those guys that are involved in the program every day. I don't think anybody even that, that day realized just how crazy it was going to be, you know what I mean? Like the next, wow. you know, as we said, the next uh, 13, 14, whatever days were just insane. The ups and the downs and and, and all over the place, you know, I, I think, look, the Ruben Owens thing happened so early that um, it, that was something that was, that was something was going to happen. Um, if Darrell Sims probably, if he wasn't at Louisville, that was probably going to happen uh, no matter what. Um, so once that, happened you had a group of 14 i guess uh no actually at the time i think it was 12 wasn't it michael or 13 13 you had a group of 14 no 14 yeah because deandre moore obviously went somewhere else you had a group of 14 that they really wanted to keep yeah they went after those guys first and made sure that they locked those guys down they had two that expressed interest or i'm sorry three that expressed interest in coming to Louisville with them from Purdue, 
you know, the the three guys, the uh, the the uh, you know, Keyshawn Brown, Micah Carter, um, Sadiq Clemens. So they also uh, they, they kind of put like Chris Barclay on those guys, and he went and made sure those guys got some love. While Ron English and Garrick McGee and Jeff did the California thing, they did the Jeff did the South the uh, the South Florida thing. He went to Georgia and spent a day in in the Atlanta area. Um, so he did the the right things and how he got it going right there. And and I think that's what really that's what really took this thing to another level to me is the fact that uh, um, he got all those guys in the boat first. Now the DeAndre Moore thing, you lose him in the end, and it really stinks. It's a tough loss, but it's one where it's like, man, that's that's a hard you know Texas is a hard thing to hold off, you know, when, when, yeah. when the kid's getting, you know, calls from, you know, and, and, and you want to go play, you know, with Arch Manning and all that kind of good stuff. And, and then, uh, you know, all the NIL stuff, it, that, that's a tough one. And, and um, I thought they would lose one. I was hoping it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be him, but to keep everybody else in the fold is, is a big win. And I thought that was the early part where they, they got out of the gate strong and they went and visited all those kids. Yeah, and I'll be chatting with uh, Zach Soskin. I'm not sure I made that perfectly clear earlier, but uh, here coming up in this podcast. And another one, Jody, though, from California that we feel really, really strongly about is Jamari Johnson. He's going to make it his final decision, officially official, at the uh, All-American Bowl down in San Antonio on on January 7th. Um, You know, so still a little bit of drama to to unfold there. But again, feeling pretty strongly about uh, Louisville's chances with him as well. And that's obviously a huge boost. Um, I mean, you got to see him. You mentioned you went to Clarkson's camp. You got an opportunity to kind of get your eyeballs uh, on, on on Jamari at that point and you know, quite impressed. And obviously he's been, been labeled as one of the top freaks in the country and a number of other impressive adjectives as well. Yeah. He's an all ACC type of guy down the, uh, down the road somewhere. I mean, I really do believe, um, it, it might not be the first year, but he's an all ACC type of, of, of player. Uh, and, and that is, uh, for certain, I actually had a, uh, another college coach reach out to me that, uh, uh, had kind of been involved in, in recruiting him a little bit, uh, with another school and said, and, and said, you know what, he, he is a, he is a all ACC tight end. And if something happens and he gets to be too big because he's 6'5", 250-ish, 260-ish right now, and uh, this is another this is another Power 5 assistant who was recruiting him, and he said if he, if he gets too big, he goes, not only is he an all-ACC tight end, he goes, but I think he could be an NFL left tackle. That's how good he is. Now, I don't he, – look, he is a tight end at Louisville, and that's what they want him for, and that's where – uh, he will be, but just to go to show you that um, that's kind of the feeling out there is that even if something were to happen and and this kid gets too big, like he has the potential to uh, to really be good at the at the next level uh, um, at, at, at multiple positions. And remember, he was a quarterback. Uh, I, I never forget at the Clarkson camp, all those good quarterbacks are throwing football, throwing football. There, it's a long toss kind of deal. It's a it's a competition and. Big Jamari, I was actually standing talking to him, and he goes, he goes, I'm going to go do this, uh, this, uh, this, uh, uh, this throw, and I was like, I kind of chuckled, and uh, he goes, remember, I told you I was a quarterback, and I was like, you know what, he just, he had just, I just did this interview with him, and he had just told me that he had always been a quarterback in his life, and he steps up and he throws it like 
I forget what it was. Was it, I think it was 75 or 78 or something like that. I mean, wow. it was, it was ridiculous. It was just a flick of the wrist. And uh, I mean, this kid, this kid is a freak of nature as far as an athlete is concerned. Uh, and I, and I'm really excited about him and the potential again, like you said, still some drama. You got to, uh, to fend off Oregon and uh, uh, I, I, Look, I, th- I feel very good about it for Louisville, um, but in the end, when you're battling those type of you know schools, it's it's really tough. Yeah, it, you don't want to catch your uh, chickens before they hatch. But you know, you're sitting there talking about uh, Jamari, and I'm sitting there thinking about all the different trick plays that Jeff Brom can draw up. You know, to use his different strengths, including throwing the ball, you know, 60, 70 yards down the field as well. Uh, b- before we go to to Zach, before we I bring him on, um, let's let's finish. And talk about Pierce. I think it's only fitting. I mean, this is a guy that, you know, for this class and continues and is now we're, we're seeing him continue to make similar efforts for the 24 class, Flyville 24, they're obviously calling him. But I mean, a guy that, you know, you spoke a little bit early about him, uh, but just the way he's able to rally people around him. I mean, I had a chance to see him in their season opener down in, in Dallas against Allen, Texas, and that unbelievable high school stadium. And, you know, he showed me just in, in their opener and he continues to continue to progress throughout the season as we saw you know in their championship games but you know he displays the leadership on the field and off the field that you just crave to have in your quarterback and the ability to impact with both his arm as well as his legs uh you know really jumped out you know in a big game especially in an opener like that and obviously he continued on uh, throughout the season but you know, when you look at the group highlighted by Pierce Clarkson because that's your quarterback that's where the spotlight often goes I think Jeff Brown's got a great one coming in in him yeah, no, I definitely do, and I, I think it's. Uh, I, I I think he is one of those. Um, I think he's one of those guys that he's that 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 leader, that energizer, and uh, and and it's exciting to uh, it's exciting to see the transfer guys with the high school guys, Michael, and yeah. uh, you know you you want you want to have you want to have a good mix, and and I think that's what this staff uh, has done and will continue to do moving forward. And with that perfect timing, let's uh, let's bring Zach Soskin in to the Cards Cast. Excited to bring in our next guest here on the Cards Cast, Zach Soskin joining the Cards Cast. Uh, Zach has done a phenomenal job. He's started his own sports marketing firm, Voltage. Has been a huge proponent in helping create uh, Flyville, which has obviously really jumped to the forefront with Flyville 23 in that recruiting class for University of Louisville football. Zach, appreciate you jumping in with us today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah, let, let's kind of start there because obviously college sports is is it's always kind of changing. But obviously the introduction of NIL and the transfer portal has certainly changed the landscape uh, of the game from recruiting and all aspects. Um, and it's kind of really benefited Louisville in recent uh, months because, as I mentioned, the, the creation of Flyville, getting guys like Pierce Clarkson on board to, to kind of really help spearhead what became a great recruiting class for now head coach uh, Jeff Brom at Louisville. Um, how does something like that from the from the ground floor really kind of start to build and gain momentum and come to fruition? Yeah, I think the key with the whole kind of flyville and creating this movement is it's authentic to who these kids were, right? Um, I think a lot of people remember before Pierce ever committed to a college, he had the tweet of, you know, wherever I go, I want to build it, you know, one of the best classes. Yeah. And, and I think that's the key with these kids, right? It's none of this is forced, right? This is all who they really are. 
And that's the same thing, right? When you talk about athlete branding, right? If you're, if you're going to build a personal brand, it needs to be authentic to who you are. And these kids really are leaders, innovators, kids that want to do something different. So the same way they want to talk about the Flyville brand is the same way they live their lives every day. And I think, um, you know, we talked about this before, but even these kids that didn't know each other yet, right? The, the comparison I use is like Pierce and Stan Kwan. Like they still have not spent that much time together, but they're so similar in so many aspects though, in just their personas and their personalities and the way they approach football and the way they approach life. And then I think that's what makes this class special. I think that's what makes this brand work. And that's why we're, we're super confident in them being able to continue to build it and attract like-minded individuals who just so happen to be incredibly talented football players. Which is a nice side benefit, but you bring up, you know, building that personal brand. Obviously that's something new because of NIL. And I mean, I think it's, I think it's one of the coolest things to happen in no matter what level of sports we're talking about in recent years, where you're now giving, you know, youngsters who have who quickly become stars on the college level, the opportunity to start cashing in on who they are, what their personality is like, what their talent is like uh, at the college level as they, you know, start to, I guess, expand their adult life, if, if you want to put it that way. I mean, that's that's got to be pretty cool. And I imagine guys like Pierce, we've seen how much he's been active and, and the other guys in the class doing the same thing. You know, you've got the flyville.com where you can go and you can buy T-shirts and sweatshirts and hoodies and, and soon to be other things as well. I mean, how I mean, it, it just seems to me like younger guys like like Pierce and these guys in the, in the Flyville 23 are ready for 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 making such a big statement about who they are, about what they can do, and that's got to be beneficial not for now, not just for now, but for their lives moving ahead as well. Oh, absolutely. Um, so I think you made a couple of great points in there. So one is just how far ahead of the game these kids are, and obviously I think this the group of kids that come into Louisville in particular, but really just in general, um, the high school, you know, elite high school football players these days, right? They're dealing with the media so much and social media and the fans and these kids, even though they're not using, you know, the social analytics tools that people at brands are and social media managers are, they innately know so many of the best practices just because their own social media and they know what time they should be posting on Instagram or what type of captions are going to work best and things like that. Like it's, it really is amazing that these kids that are coming into college now in terms of social media branding, a lot of them are way ahead of the game compared to the guys that have been in the NFL for 10 years, right? Just because they grew up yeah. with it. They're all, they're all digital and social natives, right? So it's just a, it's an essential part of their lives. They, you know, the difference between them and their friends that don't play sports is these kids now can use it to, to really make some money um, versus just kind of growing up with it. But yeah, I think it's, it's obviously incredibly cool that they have this opportunity and it's, it's so deserved, right? We see yeah. these packed stadiums or we see people wearing their jerseys and, pretty undeniable they did they deserve their slice of the pie um or at least what they're able to monetize off of their name image and likeness yeah it's, it's been really really cool to kind of have a front row seat of and to be a part of but it's yeah i'm i'm excited and i think you see it in markets like louisville where the fans want to support the kids yeah. right it's not no one's no one's forcing anyone to do anything right but you just see that natural support whether it's from individuals or for companies um so it's cool for the fans to be able to kind of show that love back in a direct fashion yeah, and I think one of the cool side things that maybe doesn't get talked about enough is obviously a lot of all these athletes and, you know, the dream is to play professional sports. But as we know, most don't make it to the professional level. But I think one of the great benefits uh, of the NIL and even the transfer portal is it's kind of putting the real world into the laps of these youngsters a lot sooner than they might have. I mean, there used to be discussions like, OK, what are they going to do after college? And I think because of this, 
it's helping them making real world decisions right now. So even if they don't go pro, they're going to be more prepared for life after college football than they were just a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah. Again, you, you hit the nail on the head there. But it's right. The idea that they're meeting these CEOs, meeting these CMOs, they're getting to meet with business leaders from companies that they want, or they're getting more experience doing podcasts or media interviews or different things on behalf of companies. So it's preparing for them if they want to be a journalist or if you want to be a public speaker of any sort, right? They're getting yeah. they're getting their reps in off the field the same way they're getting their reps in on the field. And then frankly, even for the kids that do go pro, it's so beneficial because not only are they building their brands and building that foundation now and you know going to be better at, at the marketing side of, of football when they get to the pros, but it's also they get to learn about taxes and financial literacy and right things. It's, it's a lot easier to learn about those types of things when the stake, when you're making tens of thousands or even hundreds of thousands of dollars versus millions in the NFL, right? I think you, you're going to see way less athletes deal with financial difficulties during or after their playing career because they're learning so many of these important lessons now in college versus when they go pro, right? I think you, yep. you, you, you back in the day, there was a, you know, too many athletes were, were going broke because of just the adjustment and spending and things like that. But I always make the comparison. Same thing happens with Powerball winners or lottery winners, right? Yeah. If you win people that if you all of a sudden come into a lot of money, it's tough to deal with. So now the fact that they're able to kind of have more of an escalating scale versus just all of a sudden being in the NFL and making $20 million or whatever it is. I'll take it though. If you, if you want to throw it at me. Yeah. But... Right. I was just, I was just going to say, yeah, <laughs> I'll deal with that, bro. Certainly a problem. Yeah. I'd be more than willing to do a bad problem. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Again, <laughs> we're definitely... joined by Zach Soskin and, and Zach, your, your Twitter describes you as an athlete advocate and brand builder. That's exactly what you guys are doing at voltage. Um, you mentioned Pierce Clarkson earlier and how, much of a, I guess he put it out there early that, Hey, look, I want to have a great recruiting class. How important is it for, or how beneficial is it to, for a school to have somebody like a Pierce Clarkson, who's kind of a rally guy. Hey, let, you know, gets out and helps recruit essentially uh, for programs to, to build a recruiting class. I, I mean, I think especially nowadays, it's, it's almost as important as any particular coach is having that one kid. And more often than not, it does end up being the quarterback just because that's kind of how locker rooms work in football. And, and so you yeah. see quarterbacks committing early and, and recruiting classes around them and things like that. But it's these kids now that, you know, they're so interconnected through social media. They're so they're playing in all these different seven on seven or all-star events over the summer and different things that they get to know each other. And they say, Hey, we can go be the class that, that does something special. Right. I don't just need to, you know, show up on campus after signing day and see who's there. I can kind of impact it and make sure that I'm getting talent around me. And then in, in particular, I mean, look at what happened with Louisville's class where they went through a coaching change and 90% of the class stuck together, yeah. right? That really, that really is a testament to the job the kids did connecting with each other, um, as well as, again, we, you know, you guys have done a great job of giving them their proper credit. But, you know, just in case anyone hasn't heard it before, we got to make sure that Pete Nocta and John Hova Heron um, get their credit, too, because they work their butts off to keep this thing intact and, and the, the relationships and the groundwork that they've you know done um, really helped it as well. And in, in addition to the connection that the kids had with each other. Yeah. Rock stars really. I mean, the, the guys, the, the work that the that recruiting group has done has been quite impressive and, and landed a, a really impressive class for Louisville, which is still obviously in process. It's not, uh, there hasn't been put a period on the 23 class as of yet, but Let's, you mentioned the coaching change. Let's, let's kind of go there a little bit. Obviously, you know, Scott Satterfield and his staff were there for the vast bulk of this recruiting process. 
you know, he decides to leave, you know, just a couple weeks before signing day. Louisville brings in Jeff Brom, a hometown kid from Purdue. And as you mentioned, 90% of that class stuck together. Um, you're, you were part of the, the conversations and the introductions to players as Jeff's going across the country and meeting these commitments. What was your impression of Jeff as you met him? And, and what do you think he's going to means to this Louisville program? I mean, he clearly, he means the world, right? And I think, you know, we talked about for like, that's just something that us folks that aren't from Louisville or didn't go to Louisville weren't yeah. able to fully appreciate until we saw it in action. I mean, just the energy and enthusiasm around the program, the support from the fans, the excitement, like it's palpable. It's there. It's, it's so fun. And it's, it's the perfect marriage for these kids. And then I think just as far as coach Brom and his staff and their work ethic, their love of the city, their love of that program, like, Again, it's you can just feel it, and it's the perfect marriage. And then you talk about just what they're able to do schematically too, and the the way they're able to to creatively put up points in a hurry. I mean, it's it's fun. And like we said, you know, they uh, they didn't necessarily commit to the staff, but they originally, but they couldn't have been happier to have them here now. Yeah, I think you know, I think we've got some exciting football days ahead of us for for Louisville football. That's for sure with with Brom. Um, we haven't really talked much about transfers, and I want to kind of shift that way a little bit before we uh, let you go, both for football and for basketball. I think not just transfer, I guess NIL as well, but because of those two aspects in the college game now, I mean, what's your thoughts on how quickly a program can turn itself around from 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 being maybe a six and six football program one year to maybe winning nine or ten games the next year? Or for basketball, having a, a difficult – we've seen it this year with some schools that struggled last year, but because of the transfers and NIL, they were able to bring in a class that can make an impact right away. Uh, do you see that kind of as, as a growing trend that, that schools can – hey, you know, we're really struggling. I mean, you could look at Louisville basketball, obviously. We need to do something. Um, how quickly do you think because of the transfer portal, because of NIL, can programs turn themselves around because of that? Yeah, I mean, I think that, right, you're, you're, we're starting to see – proof of it already and it's only getting expanded that it takes one season right one group of kids can change a program in either sport um and i think it's that's been happening in basketball for a little while longer now just because the nature of the game where hey even one kid can change it but yeah i mean even in in both sports now um you can really flip a roster over in a year and it's i think there's no reason for a group to to get overly down on a coaching staff for a tenure um, as long as they kind of understand the long-term vision and the future outlook, right? And that you can really, again, build that momentum. And even if it's not happening on the court or on the field in that moment, if you're able to bring the right group of kids in that gets it, um, you can go from, you know, last in the conference to first in the conference in a season. Um, because and it's, again, like there's, I understand why people might not love this new aspect of college sports where, you're not going to watch the same group of kids for four years go to it together. Um, and you lose some of that um, romanticism about the sport. But, you know, the kids are getting opportunities to go play where, where they want to play and where they think it's the best fit for them and where they're going to have the best opportunity to better their futures. Um, so as long as they believe that, that your school and your team is providing that, you can attract talent real, real quick, right? And obviously we expect UofL to do it in a couple of sports, but I mean, I think people, people see what's going on in Colorado and, I think everyone expects Colorado to win quite a few more games than they won last year. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's, I think that's kind of the hope for, for Louisville basketball fans is, you know, something can be done, you know, in the portal soon to, to kind of, you know, obviously change the trajectory of that program where it needs it to drastically as well. So it's going to be curious to see. And the one thing actually I do want to kind of make this point is 
in a lot of ways, it's it's on the fans and the community support to help make that happen, right? It yeah. can't happen if there isn't the support, right? Nobody wants to come play if they don't think that there's going to be fans in the stadium or the arena. Or, you know, if there is no NIL, it does make it harder to attract talent, right? Because frankly, who, you know, who of us, right? If we could do our job and we could make $100,000 one place and $0 another, well, we're probably going to pick the one that goes with $100,000 and that doesn't make us bad people, right? So I think yeah. having that NIL support and infrastructure in place is really important. And again, sorry to you know make the same points that you and I have discussed or we've talked about other places previously, but fans can impact the program. And I think just understanding it and really taking it upon themselves, right? The, the passion that, that the community has for the program is so real. I just hope that they understand that Hey, look, you can you can all do your part, whether it's just as simple as going to games or as simple as, you know, the five dollars, you know, what's a, I think 502 circle membership start at like 10 bucks a month. Yeah. Again, and I understand, if, you know, if you can't do it every month, no worries. right? But if you can do it one month, like it's also just fun to be able to feel like you're a part of it. Right. Like really feel yeah. like, hey, I, I'm making a difference. I think, you know, in all aspects of life, whether it's our 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 fandom or what we do for work or our, our personal lives, we all want to feel like we're making a difference. Right. And I think that's, what's so cool about this is now fans have the opportunity to make a difference. Yeah. And I think you're right. You know, you, you touched on it there with, you know, the Louisville fan base. I mean, you, you could tell it's, 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 it's ready to, to explode again with excitement. I mean, there's been a lot of, you know, unfortunate things that have come Louisville's way in a number of years. And I think it's a fan base that's uh, just fuming to, to yeah. enjoy. It's something a clean exciting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. It's it's you got the local, you got the you got the two alums leading the two most notable programs. Yeah. You have an incredible athletic director, and you got a clean slate with the NCAA. Like it's it's go time now, and I think the future is brighter than ever in all sports. Uh, speaking of future, before I let you go, let's talk a little Flyville twenty four. Obviously, there's one member uh, in the class right now. It's you know all the not all of it because the twenty three efforts are still going, but more and more attention is starting to shift uh, towards uh, twenty four. Your thoughts on the early groundswell? that may be forming for Flyville 24. Yeah, I think you, you right. Um, recruiting and, and branding and market, right, it's all about momentum, right? You got to lay the foundation to build on top of it. And so I think that's what's, what happened with the Flyville 23 classes. They really broke down that barrier, right? UofL just as great of history and heritage as the program has in recent years, they weren't recruiting at the same high level. And now that's all changed right now. Even if even about the kids that didn't come, right? You look at who was committed at one point or who was coming on visits, right? U of L now gets a seat at the table for every single recruit in the country, pretty much. They're at least going to listen to what they have to say, and most of them are willing to to take that trip. Um, now, especially with the new staff and the exciting you know style of play and the enthusiasm from the fan support, and knowing that that staff is going to be there, right? I think people underestimate how big that security and continuity factor is, especially to parents, right? Where now coach Brahm and his staff can sit in the living room and say, Hey, look, I'm going to be here for your son's entire college career. And they know that it's true, right? There's yeah. really only like 10 coaches maybe <laughs> in the country that can say that and that, and that it's really true. Right. I think people used to think it was greater than that, a, a bigger number. But then when you see Brian Kelly leave Notre Dame and Lincoln Riley leave Oklahoma, they made it clear that, hey, there's not as many like sacred jobs as you think. And it's really more about the right fit between the coach and the job. It can't just be about the job, right? We're, you know, now Louisville finally has the one coach who certainly isn't going to go anywhere, right? This is 
this truly is his dream job and this truly is where he wants to be. And so I think like this combination of all of these factors, like I think this 24 class is going to be something really, really special. And I think you're going to start to see that momentum build in a hurry. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Of course, we'll have it completely covered at cardinalauthority.com as we did with the 23 class and continuing covering the, the 23 recruiting efforts. Again, that's Zach, uh, Zach Soskin. You can reach him on Twitter at Z-S-O-S-K-I-N, Z Soskin. Uh, great stuff. As always, um, go to flyville.com. You can support uh, the athletes that way. You mentioned 502 Circle uh, is a great way for fans to get involved. Any other uh, parting messages before we let you go, Zach? Um, no, I think, I mean, like, just thank you for all the work that you guys have done and, and really, um, you know, covering the kids and their journeys and telling their stories and doing it the right way. And um, definitely encourage people to, I'm assuming if they're listening to this, they're probably already subscribers, but if not, go subscribe to your, go subscribe to, to CA as well. Um, but no, I think it's it's been great and we're excited to be here. And I think um, it's going to be really fun for the community to get to know these kids on a, on a different level and a personal level over the next few years. So, so we're excited and, and thank you so much to yourself um your group as well as just the fans in general for really embracing a bunch of folks from california and miami and, and making us feel like home hey flyville 23 was fun flyville 24 is gonna be fun it's gonna be a blast watching flyville 23 mature and develop on the field over the next coming months and especially as they start uh, arriving for, for spring practice but zach appreciate uh, everything and thanks for taking some time with us absolutely thank you so much Great stuff from Zach there. Again, appreciate him jumping into the Cards cast with us. Great talking NIL. And, you know, I think when you think about the NIL, you think about the transfer portal, the upcoming expansion of the college football playoff. To me, that obviously signals that the college football game is a very much evolving sport. And when I look at it and see the impact that it's making, you know, each one of those, the, again, the NIL, the portal, and the, the playoff, it, to me, it – we're looking at expanding parity throughout college football, and I'm all for it. Looking, really looking forward to it. And as we were talking about, Zach and I, as we were discussing, you know, keep an eye out on Flyville 24. If you thought Flyville 23 was exciting, and it certainly was setting a, a new school standard for, you know, prospect rating uh, for our class, 24 is going to get you excited as well. And we're looking forward to covering all of it at Cardinal Authority. So appreciate you tuning in and keep clicking at Cardinal Authority. And this has been the Cards Cast.